0: Welcome to the neighborhood. It's good to see you. It's good to have you here. I'm so glad that uh, we have this time together every week because this is like our neighborhood community gathering. And today we're going to talk a little bit more as we are in this series about what this neighborhood looks like, this neighborhood called McDowell Mountain Community Church and what God is trying to do in this neighborhood how many of you have ever been new to a neighborhood? You can remember moving new into your neighborhood. Try to think back. Remember that time, right? You found the neighborhood you want to live in, and now you're going you're gonna to move in, and you're, you're going to be there. And, and one of the things that we want to do, and, and I remember when we just moved in not too many months ago, we want to meet the neighbors. We want to know who are the people in this neighborhood and, and how can we connect with them and, and get to know them. And, and when you first move into a neighborhood, you kind of do that maybe friendly neighbor wave, right? You kind of like maybe wave by somebody walking by or like you see them in the, across the street with their garage and, and as they're going by, you just do a little wave. Or when we moved in in, in January, people were walking their, you know, their dogs down the street or kids were playing and so they'd pass by and, and every once in a while you'd get a name and, and try to remember it and, and, and wave goodbye as they went past. And then you try to remember those names. Who has trouble remembering names? What is it about names that makes it so hard to remember them? And especially when you're learning a lot of names in a short period of time, after a while it just gets really hard to keep those straight. And so you're trying to learn the names of people in the neighborhood, but you forget. And then, I don't know if you guys do what what we do in our family, I confess we we give made-up names... You guys ever do that? Like made-up names? And but usually they're more like description names. Like you can't remember, you're like, you know, that, that crazy car guy that always comes by, right? Or the or the or the monster truck dude or or the the, the lady with the crazy hair and you use whatever. You, you try to give those descriptors, or it's the one with a couple dogs that always comes by. And, and and that's a way for us to try to help, you know, remember who they are, but Then you hit that point where it's been a few times now you've met them. And then you hit that point where you can't ask for the name again. You know what I'm talking about? It feels like really weird. You should know it. And you're wondering, how am I ever going to learn that name? And, and somebody gave me, told me a little trick yesterday. You can go to like, some website and find out you know, who the owners were and bought the house. What is it, some, some assessor's site, the assessor's office? Yeah, so if you want to know the, your neighbor's names, just go to the assessor's website, and you can find that out. Now, we were in, in, in our neighborhood, and, and I realized even, even our kids were doing this. Uh, they were playing on the street with some of the neighbor kids, and, and a car was coming down, down the, the road. And all of a sudden, they scattered. And they were like hiding behind the bushes. And, uh, and they said, GL's coming, GL's coming. And we were like, after the car passed, and we are like, Who, who's GL? They're like, Grumpy Lady. It's Grumpy Lady. <laughs> she gets very, she's not happy when kids play on the street. And so I'm going to work on reaching out to Grumpy Lady and maybe she'll become part of McDowell Mountain Community Church. But, but, you know, we do that. But then, you know, when you do that to other people, how many do that? For, you know, when you don't know, you kind of do those descriptors. Come on, help me out here. Don't make me feel so ashamed that I sometimes have to do that. It makes me wonder... What do people say about us, right? <laughs> There's that new family that just moved in the neighborhood. They have like a dozen girls or something, I think. I don't know, all these girls that are running around. Or, or I was talking to a neighbor just after we had moved in. I think it was probably like the first week. And, and we were talking, and I said, yeah, I'm in that, that, that corner house right right up the street, and he said, oh, he goes, I thought that was a frat house. And I was like, why did you think that was a frat house? And he said, there was all these men that were unloading this truck, and it was the, it was the men's Bible study group on Saturday here that came and, and did that. And, uh, and he thought it was a frat house, all the people helping. It was awesome. So way to go, guys. But, you know, when we come to the neighborhood, you know, who are the neighbors? And today I want to talk about meeting the neighbors. How do we connect with one another? How do we move from being complete strangers to being neighbors, and ultimately to really being like family in a neighborhood. Now, now, not just out there where you live, although some of these things will definitely apply, but here in this neighborhood, how does that happen? You know, when we first came here to McDowell, my wife and I were checking out the neighborhood. Even before we were one of the, you know, we were, we were introduced as a candidate to be the pastor here. We came and wanted to get a feel for the neighborhood, right? We came into the church on a, on a morning. Nobody knew who we were, and, and so it was just nice. So I get to share that experience like you, just coming into a place where, where you're not known. And I've noticed many friendly people smiling faces, nice greeting, lots of energy. And and on one of the first Sundays, I think it was maybe even our first Sunday here, the church was doing a family series. And there was like this family carnival outside and like all these games for kids and cotton candy. And this was the first exposure my kids had to McDowell Mountain Community Church. And we said, this might be the church where, we're, where we'll be. And they loved it. They loved this neighborhood, right? And so, but you come and, and you don't maybe know everybody. And even over the course of these first few months here, I'm meeting so many new people. So many of you, your faces and names, and I'm trying to keep them straight. And I mess them up and I forget them. And so it, it takes time. It takes time to get connected into the neighborhood and to move into a culture. When you move into a, a church or you become, you become new to a church, you're learning, what is this church about? And, and, and those of you who've moved from other places, maybe you had a church where you were and you're trying to see, does this feel like home? Can, can I fit into this neighborhood? What are the people like? And that's the same thing that we were trying to experience, and, and, and even learning our way, and even with the staff. I spend every day with the staff, and there's a culture and a community, and we're trying to learn what it means to be a team, and to be family, and to be friends, and it just takes time to meet the neighbors and to work your way into this new community. Now when we come into church, sometimes we're like those new neighbors, right? The friendly, smiling, waving neighbors. You don't really remember the names, but, but you can come in, and you can come out, and and, and then you go, man, what was that person's name? And then after a while, even at church, you can do that kind of thing. You're like, yeah, you know, I don't remember his name. It's that guy, that, that guy that sits in the front row, that dude that always falls asleep, right? You know? No. <laughs> you know, or, or it's, it's, the, it's the worship lady that just goes crazy with her hands all the time. No, I don't know what it is. You know, it's the crazy shirt guy. And, and we, what happens, though, is we get stuck at that level. And we think, man, I'm part of a community. I, I go to church. I'm I'm there but maybe you don't really feel like you're known, like you really know the people, and after a while it starts feeling a little awkward. You do the friendly waves and the nice hellos, but you don't really experience community here. And maybe like in a neighborhood, you're going, ah, it's just too much effort. It's too much effort. I just want to be left alone. I got enough stuff going on. I know enough people. I just want to come to church and leave, and maybe that's you. Or maybe in the neighborhood you feel like, I don't want to deal with other people's problems or issues, and so you keep to yourself, and, but after a while you realize... That's not a really great way to live. It's not a great way to be in church. It's not a great way to be part of this community, to just come in on Sunday mornings and experience what is happening here, which is great. But there's something about being connected to the people in and around you, next to you. God designed us to be in community, and and there's a longing, I think, for all of us to experience that together in our neighborhoods. And in this neighborhood, what does it look like? What's possible? Now, again, there are some here this morning that you just want to stay anonymous. You're just coming. You're just checking out the neighborhood. And right now, you'd rather your name maybe not be known. You don't want to connect with anybody. And that's okay. I'm glad that you're here. Welcome to this neighborhood. Check us out. We'd love to meet you. We'd love to connect. That's all right. Some of you have been here for a while, and maybe you're in that friendly neighbor stage, right? You're waving and saying hello, and and you feel like, you know, this is kind of home, but you really don't know too many other people around you. Others of you, you've connected for a while. You feel like you've got some, some friends here and you're experiencing community together and that's a wonderful thing. Others of you, you've been here really long and you've got some really good friends and you feel really connected but one day you wake up and you look around and you start going, who are all these new people? I don't even know half the people here. I don't even know what's <laughs> happening and, and you got so stuck in your own community that you forget that there's new neighbors to meet and a larger community to be a part of. And so today, I just want to look at and say, what does it look like for us here at McDowell Mountain Community Church to be a community, to be a neighborhood where we are known and loved and where we engage this thing of faith together? So that's what I want to talk about, and we're going to dive into God's Word to see what it has to say to us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I love this community. I'm so excited about what you're doing here among us, and I love being connected and in relationship with people in this church, that we are not alone, that we are doing life and ministry and, and together. This morning, God, wherever we are, encourage us to be the church and to join together. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus feels pretty strongly about how we interact with our neighbors. As a matter of fact, he was being asked to summarize all of the law and the prophets, everything that was taught at the time that he was here. Our Old Testament teaching, he was, taught, he, he was asked, summarize, what, what is this all about? And he said, well, first of all, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. It's a pretty good answer, right? Love the Lord your God with everything you have. As a person, what you got to do is love God with everything you have, heart, soul, mind, strength, your entire being devoted to God. That sounds like a great most important commandment. But then he says this, but there is another, and it's equally as important. There's another commandment that's just as important as loving God with everything you have and everything you are. And he said, it's this, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. This is just as important as loving God with everything we have. Do you think Jesus cares about how we interact with neighbors? And sometimes I wonder we can come to church and not even know the neighbors that we are worshiping together with in the same community. God wants us not only just to know them, but to love them, to love each other, to be engaged in life together at a deep level, to love them as though they were us. And we are one. We are a community. So how do we get there? How do we move to that kind of community, that kind of relationship? Well, last week we began the series about this new community. And we said, and Joe mentioned it in worship, he said, we talked about the cornerstone being Jesus Christ. When he told Peter, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church, he said that rock is that declaration that Jesus is the Messiah, that he's the Savior, he's the one that transforms us, and he is the Son of the living God. On this rock, on this life-transforming truth and belief is what we build the church. And then remember uh, last week, he, Peter started preaching, I mean, Jesus had now died and gone to heaven. He'd left the disciples in charge and he said, I'm going to send my spirit. And when I do, you're going to form a new body, the church. And remember, the church wasn't a building. The church, as Jesus described it, was the gathering, the coming together of those who were living their lives on this foundation of this truth of Jesus Christ. And so Peter's preaching and he begins to share all about Jesus and that he is the one in whom life is found. He is the one who gives forgiveness of sins. He's the one who gives us a brand new beginning, a clean start to life. And, then he's, and people said, what must we do? He said, believe and be baptized. If you believe this message and be baptized, and it says 3,000 that day made that commitment and were baptized, and it says, and they were added to the church. That's where we ended last week, on this foundation that this is the cornerstone, the center of our faith. But then you have to ask, what now? Imagine, there was never a church before. Imagine being in that time in, in, in the Jewish culture where the Messiah, the, the Savior, was promised for so many years, and then when Jesus comes along, the majority, the leaders, all say, he's not the Messiah, and they crucify him, they kill him. But now there's a few that remain after, and they believe and they have witnessed the resurrected Christ, and they say, no, we believe he is the Messiah, and they begin to form together, and they are baptized publicly In this this community, in this uh, city where people are not very receptive to the idea that you're worshiping Jesus, and yet they're going public with their faith, they're stepping into baptism in front of everybody saying, no, I believe Jesus is the one that saves, and he is the son of God. And and 3,000, so it's a good, good, strong number, but now what do they do? They've just made this faith commitment, what do they do? And that's what I want to look at, and we're going to be looking at this passage over the next couple of weeks. Look at Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, beginning here at verse 42. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. So here they all are. What do we do now? We've all been baptized. We believe in Jesus Christ. What do we do? This is what they did. They joined with the other believers and devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, sharing in the Lord's supper and in prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together constantly and shared everything they had. They sold their possessions and shared the proceeds with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple. Each day they met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their group those who were being saved. So here in just a few verses, we get this first snapshot of the first church as it was being formed. And the church as it was being formed wasn't people who were just trying to go to, to worship somewhere. They realized we need to share in this life together. We have to be in community and relationship. We got to walk this journey together. How do we do that? Well, we got to get together. We got we to join together. And it says, look at this, this first verse here, verse 42. They joined with the other believers and devoted themselves to some things. They looked at each other and said, we've got, to, we've got to come together on this. We've got to link arms because we've got to figure out how we're going to walk this life of faith together in a culture and in a world that doesn't live and breathe on the same foundations that we do. Does that maybe translate a little bit today? We live in a world that can be hostile, that has different views and different opinions and different worldviews uh, world and ideas. How do we who put, profess Jesus Christ as our foundation link arms together and say, how do we do this together? We need to be devoted to each other, not to be strangers, not to be just sitting in the same place, but really be committed and connected together. And what did they devote themselves to? The apostles' teaching. What, is this? what did the scriptures say? What, is, what did Jesus say? Tell us, teach us. And fellowship, that's that interaction with one another, to really getting to know each other, being connected together. Taking the Lord's Supper, remembering that He is the center of our faith. And prayer, how can we pray for each other? How can we pray for what God can do? This is the kind of community. This is the goal of what it meant for them to come together and to figure out this life now. They knew they couldn't do it alone. Now, one of our favorite things to do in our house for, for many years has been to play Legos. Talk about joining things together, right? They join together. Legos. How many of you guys have Legos in your house still somewhere from when you had kids or somewhere in the closet from when you used to have kids in the house? They're this toy that just never goes out of style, right? Any kind of blocks that connect together, it's fun. And and it all begins with these separate pieces, just a pile of pieces. And the beautiful thing is imagination can, can be sparked and you come together and even yesterday we had a family over and the two-year-old just started putting the blocks together could already start figuring out that what these blocks were designed to do was to connect together. That these receptors right here just beg for something to be connected to it, right? This is not fun playing Legos like this, right? That's just not, that's just not very fun to build like this. But we understand in Legos right away like these need to be connected. And you put one together, and you put another one together. And even with just these three pieces, there's so many different configurations that I, could, that I could make. And when we begin to build these, we realize that the more these pieces are connected, the stronger it gets. We used to build this tower. Sometimes you know, we build these tall towers with the Legos, even like these, these bigger Duplo kind of blocks. And, and I remember one time we just wanted to see how high can we get a single tower without it tipping over. I remember we went to the highest part in the house and even in the stairwell where it was a little bit further open where we could get high enough and we just stacked that tower ever so carefully, one on top of the other. But it didn't take long, right? It's just not very stable. And the whole thing, you know, goes and it tips over. So the more advanced building techniques in Legos, what do you have to do to be more advanced than, than building? Like kids will do this lots of times, right? Build one on top of the other. And what starts happening when you just do one on top of the other? It just tips over. There's no, there's no strength there. But what begins to happen is when you begin to interlock pieces and it's connected to a couple, and then you, add a, then you add a few more to this piece and to that piece, and you begin to put them together, there's strength there. And each of you has been given one of these pieces as a reminder that we are a vital part of something that God is building and doing together. And that all of us have these different receptors. Now, I wish you all had, you know, didn't end up with a piece that just had one, right? but we all have more and we have places to connect. And the more that we are connected and linked in with others, the stronger our relationship is, the stronger our foundation, the stronger this church in coming together and, and being united. You know, when I, think about, when I think about our family and I think about being in community, I want us to be connected with others in the church who have like-minded values, who can help encourage us as we raise our kids, that have the similar values that say, you know what, I want to I support you in that. I want to help... Go- you know, guide you in the right path and to be this community that links together and that's strong. When we think about the scriptures, faith was never intended to be a solitary experience. It was never intended to just be me and my faith. That's it and no one else. I mean, even in creation, at the very beginning in Genesis, said God created man in his own image. Well, what is God's image? We talk about the Trinity, God the Father, God the Spirit, God the Son. The three together in this dynamic relationship is is. The image of God. And he's put us into that image saying that we were not created to be alone. And then he creates man. And what does he say? It's not good for man to be alone. And he puts man into a relationship and into a a family unit. And then as we follow the whole Old Testament, it follows these 12 tribes of Israel. A nation. The people of God were a nation. God always spoke to this nation and what this nation would represent in the world. And when Jesus came, he didn't come as a lone ranger. Just preaching and and trying to get people to think, you know, believe something different, he began to form a group. He called 12 disciples together. And more than the 12, there were other followers. But with his disciples, he walked with them each and every day for three years, spending time together, being in community, transferring the principles, teaching, learning, growing. And that's what really strengthened them. And when he left, as we've been reading here in Acts, when the church was founded, it was founded on... This this principle of the church coming together, that that the church is now the body of Christ. That Jesus did not abandon us and just say, hey, believe something and now live out the rest of your life. He's saying, my presence is going to be ongoing through this experience of being the church. And that can't happen when you're just out there alone trying to make it and say, I believe in Jesus and I'm good. I was baptized and, and I'm good. All of Scripture talks about us connecting as the church, as the body of Christ. Many parts and pieces of family linked together. That's the strength. That's my desire and our goal for each of you. So as we we, kind of continue here, I want us to talk about a progression of neighborliness. Stages of neighborliness. How do we become more and more connected as a body and as a church? One of our key values here is gather, right? Gathering together. And that's more than just, again, being in the same place at the same time. But how do we go deeper into community? So we've already talked um, a little bit about being new neighbors, right? And as, as new neighbors, you begin and you're strangers. And again, many of us begin here, we're, we're, we're strangers, and that's okay again. You're welcome. That's what happens when you start. It's always, you always start as a stranger. Now, if a friend brought you or introduced you, you already have a key connection, and that is good. But as you come and you begin... That's a great first step. You've come and you've taken a step into this community, but what would be one more step? What's the next step that you can take if you are a stranger here? Well, the next step would be to be a waving neighbor, like we talked about in the beginning, right? A waving, friendly neighbor, greeting strangers. And we do some things intentionally here at, at the church to try to encourage that. You know, that, that little greeting time that we do and meet somebody next to you? It's just to, to break down that, that, that barrier sometimes where we just come in and are passive observers into something that's happening up here. No, we are connected together. Know the people next to you. Get to know them. Make a, make a connection there. You know, we have donuts and coffee and, and drinks because we want to encourage some time together. Not because we don't think you guys can't get breakfast, but it's an opportunity to, to linger a little bit longer. Walk up to a table. Someone you don't know. We're in the same church. Hey, I've seen you around here. Uh, you've, been here you've been coming here long? Or, or what's your name? And, and make that connection. That's a first step from being strangers to beginning to greet what are initially strangers, but to begin to make that process of becoming neighbors. The step that we go from there is to become driveway neighbors. Driveway neighbors. You guys know what driveway neighbors are? This is like that. This takes your relationship to a whole new level with your neighbors, right? You've gone from the waving, passing by, but now it's like you stop and talk. You know, like just the other day, one of my neighbors was washing their, their cars, and, and I went over and we started having a conversation while he was washing the car. It was in the driveway, and it was more than the just random passing. We had about a 10-minute, 15-minute conversation. And what happens with driveway neighbors is you begin to create some common ground. You start looking for, hey, you know, I I used to live there once, or I, you know, I I like that team too, or, that's where you work, and, and you start finding those connections, and now you're not just, you're not just, you know, passerby's, strangers. You're starting to meet friends, and what some of you need to do that have been just kind of waving neighbors and greeting neighbors and in and out and been friendly and kind and feel like you know some people. It's time to move into friendship. How do you meet those people? Well, there's things that we do here to try to encourage that. Because we realize we all need help with that. And every month we have at least a couple of opportunities for you to take that steps towards meeting some people that can be friends. We have, actually we call them with friends events. We have one tonight, it's called Dinner with Friends, and quite a few people have signed up for that. And, and, that's, and we have those on an ongoing basis, and each month there'll be an opportunity. You just come, and you connect socially, you sit around the table with two, three, four other couples, and you get to know each other. You're finding common ground. Or you heard Michael introduce and just let let us let you know about pizza with the staff. We get to come together and we get to be in a place. Like we talk here about moving from rows to circles. What happens when you sit in a circle versus sitting in rows back to back to back? You start getting face to face with someone else. And as you start getting face to face, you begin to build those relationships and you find that common ground. Find common ground with some others here, and you'll start realizing that you're in the same boat. You're dealing with the same things, and you could really find a support and a a group that really becomes friends, but you have to take that first step to get to the driveway, to have that conversation. Now, a lot of us like to live there. Again, we're comfortable there. When you think about in your neighborhood, one of the biggest steps is this going past the front door. The next step is being past the front door neighbors. How many of you have had your neighbors, you don't have to raise your hands, but how many of you have had your neighbors past your front door? where they're now in your home and in your space. I think this is becoming a very lost art in in our society. We love to keep everything kind of out there. Our home is kind of a a boundary. And and a lot of times, we just don't want people in our home because it's messy. We don't want them to see the junk that's going on there. We We don't want to take the effort maybe to clean up. And it's just easier to stay, keep people at bay. And so we'll stay in the driveway. But something about crossing that front door threshold. I know it's not as common anymore, but you know, the old living rooms and, and houses, you know, maybe in your home growing up, maybe you still have that too. You got that one room where you got the really nice couches and it's always perfect and nothing can be in there, and versus the, the family room where the cushions are kind of all over the place, and you know, you, that's kind of the lived-in room. You've got the formal living room, right? And that's where you could bring your guests because you're gonna put your best foot forward. But but at one level though, you're taking that step in into the into our house. Now, what does that look like in this community? Well, it could literally mean bringing people into your house. I think that's a huge step, and I really encourage that. But some of that is our own lives. We love to keep people kind of at bay. I can meet them at church. I can greet them. I can say hi, and maybe I'll even go to some of these things where I I, I get to know their names and maybe find some common ground. But I just want to keep it there. I don't want to get too personal. I don't want to like you know anyone prying or getting into my life or sharing my life, and and it's just fine that way. But you know what? We miss out. And for you, maybe if you've been a driveway neighbor, it's time to become a past the front door neighbor where now you're really making friends, where you're saying, no, I'm going to make an effort here. We're going to sit together, not just one time, but over weeks. And again, as a church, we want to try to find ways to help facilitate that because quite frankly, some of us, we're just not that good at that or we don't know how to just approach somebody. So we create opportunities where we intersect in those ways. And we think about some of the things that we have coming up. There there are small groups, there are groups that meet in homes. There are groups that meet at the church. And these groups come together. And, and when you're in the smaller group setting, you begin to get to know each other at definitely at a deeper level. We've got Bible studies, men's Bible studies. We've got several women's Bible studies that are coming up. A chance for you to sit together, study God's word, be devoted to each other, to the teaching, but also in fellowship where you get to know each other. We've got these next steps classes that you've been hearing about. What would it look like for eight to ten weeks to spend consistently with a smaller group of people studying something together, but really beginning to wrestle with life and and learning whatever the topic matter is and saying, how can we implement this in our lives? And don't you think after eight to ten weeks of being together with the same people, you begin to forge a different kind of relationship? It takes it deeper. Now you're sharing life together in a different way. And so we have these kind of opportunities, serving opportunities, those that, that, that serve in the different ministries of the church, whether it's in the children's ministry or in student life or in the, as part of our connection team or the band or in technology here. As we begin to cross paths on a regular basis, we get to know each other more and more, closer and closer. But it takes a risk. We've got to let people pass our front door and into our homes and into our lives. And that's where real rich community begins to form even more. Now, the final step that I would say from past the front door neighbors is to be kitchen neighbors, okay? These are highly scientific terms that I have developed. I'll um, be writing a book about this soon. No. <laughs> kitchen neighbors, I don't know, that's just a term. That I, and I think about when people are really brought into community in a different way. It's that gathering in the kitchen, right? When you're with your family, where does everybody hang out ultimately, right? You get together around the kitchen. It's not when you've got it all prepped and all done and you kind of go to the dining room. It's gathering around the kitchen where you're still prepping and talking and maybe somebody's sitting at the counter and, and you're having conversation about life. And what I want to tell you here is we don't program for this. We don't create events for this in the church because being part of a church isn't all about programs and events. It's about a way of life. And all these other things that we do are just intended to kind of spark something, to lead us into deeper connection. But ultimately, it's up to us. To bring people into our lives and to allow that connection to say, we want to be more like family than strangers or just waving neighbors or just driveway neighbors. We want to be connected in relationship. It's been so great over these last several months to just begin to connect with some families here in this church. Just to be in each other's homes. Without an agenda, without a topic, without something we have to discuss, but just to be family. And as we begin to share lives together, You share the things you're challenged with, things that you're dealing with. You have questions about faith, whatever it is. It's natural and it flows out of us, but it it takes some time. And even in Acts, what we were reading before that passage, what did it say? It said they met in homes and they shared their meals together with great generosity. There's something about gathering around a table, eating a meal that begins to open us up and connect us in community. It's not a program. It's a way of life. It's a way of living This new community, this neighborhood, this neighborhood here, my desire, our desire as a church is that we would be connected, that we would really be devoted to each other, and that each of us would have a group of people. You can't know everybody at a deep level. You you can't even know everybody in the church. We've got multiple services, but you can know some. You don't need to be alone in this journey. How do we connect? As we uh, close today, the band's not going to come up because we're not closing with a closing worship song. We're going to do a different type of worship. I'm taking a little chance here, and, and uh, you know some of you might be squirming a little bit right now, but you got these um, blocks, all right? So get out, your, get out your little Lego block or whatever block this is, the mega blocks, the mega blocks. This is you, and we want to take one concrete step. I've been saying this whole morning, take one step further. Maybe this is just a micro step, but before we leave here today, I want you to know at least two other people. And so what I want you to do here, we're going to do a little interaction. And uh, so I don't, don't, you know, your kids are fine. We don't need to go anywhere. We're we're finishing. Uh, This is part of the time here this morning. I'm going to want us to stand up and... uh, you're going you're to take out your block, and I want you to find one other person that has a different color than you, somebody that you don't know well, or maybe you've just seen, or you know, not, not somebody that you know really well, and I want you to, to go through, we've got some questions here that makes it easy, and I'm only going to give you, I'm going to make this easy on you, I'm only going to give you a minute, so for those of you that just makes you cringe, just bear these 60 seconds of sharing. You have to go, to, to cover this in 60 seconds, you got to go pretty quick, okay? And then you're going to reverse, and the other person's going to tell you these things about them. And then we'll do it one other time, okay? So I'm going to be the uh, the timekeeper here. I don't, uh, yeah. I'm going to be the timekeeper. So stand up, stand up. Come on, let's participate. This is awesome. This is church. It's not passive. We're going to do what we talked about. Find another person with a different color, and then I'm going to put. I'm going to give you a minute here. Just, oh, I love that sound. I love it. All right, ready, go. You can join a group of three too if you're by yourself. Just join in on another group. Five seconds, five seconds, wrap it up. Say your name again. All right, now the other person talks. The other person talks, switch it over. Unless you've already done that, find out some more. (laughs) Don't go anywhere yet, don't go anywhere yet. 10 seconds, come on, 10, nine, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All right, all right, game over, game over. Oh, all right, let me have your attention here for just one moment. Man, can I just tell you how good that sounds? Does that sound great to you guys too? This is being in community and beginning those steps of connection. Thanks for taking a chance, taking a, an opportunity to meet somebody else. Now, you don't have to stop because we're going to be done here. I want you to continue the conversation, meet somebody else, do that on your way out. We're going to have a way for you to just go to drop off the blocks so we can give them to our kids or something in the children's ministry um, later since you don't really need one of these at home. Um, but we're, I want to close in prayer. And then we're going we're gonna to dismiss. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time. I love the energy in the room that comes to life when we are not just alone, but we are meeting each other. We gather in this place because we are a community. And it's so good to be connected as friends, as family, on the foundation of your love for us. We love you, Jesus, and we love this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, on your way out, you're going to receive this awesome fall ministry guide that we put together. All the ministries from now through the end of December. Please take it, take a look, and you'll find a way to connect. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.